Hey, welcome to the Centre Podcast. We're a church based in Dural, Sydney, who love Jesus and want to share the message of hope that he brings for all people. We pray that you're blessed by this word and that it reveals God's love for you in a new way. Enjoy. Well, it's wonderful to be down here. Uh, I feel like it would be very remiss of me not to give an update on Asha. So as I said in the pastor's desk, Asha had a nine-hour surgery. Actually, it ended up being close to nine and a half. The surgeon was very happy. Now we're in the recovery phase. And recovery phase is unfortunately a little bit tricky. So yeah, I had a bit of a rough day yesterday with pain management and just yeah, blood pressure, heart rate etc. and so forth. But look, it's part of life. I recognise that we're not the only ones who are going through things, but we both deeply appreciate the prayers and support of everyone, particularly the meals, practically. So thank you everyone who's done that. Well, we start a new series um, for the next few weeks called Who is the Centre? And today we're going to look at the question of what is a worship or what is a church community? It's a good question. Now, a few years ago, I came across a quote. And this is a philosopher, and his name is James Smith. And he said here something which I found quite interesting. He said, people come to church and have no clue why. They sing a few songs, listen to a sermon, and go back to their lives without any change. The problem is they have no understanding as to why they are doing what they are doing. Now, as a kid who grew up in church his whole life, spent every Sunday, sometimes twice on a Sunday at church, I resonated with this quote because there was a number of things we would do. We would sing hymns, stand up, sit down. We would have prayer time. We would sit back in my day. Makes me sound old. We used to have an hour-long sermon, so... And that taught us taught a lot of patience as, a, as an eight-year-old. And, and we didn't have kids' church. We had crash. So zero to five, they went out. We all sat in there. So, but as I started to reflect as an older Christian and going to Bible college, there was a lot of ritual around church. And sometimes people equate the mode of church with meaning. And what do I mean by that? So the mode of church, well, right now I have three people here on my right, left, one person here. The, the mode right now is online. Now, in a few weeks' time, the mode will be face-to-face. And now lots of churches have different modes. We have contemporary, we have, I guess, traditional. Some churches sing hymns, some sing contemporary worship, etc., and so forth. But the mode doesn't necessarily change the meaning. And the meaning is, as a worship community, as a church community, we come together to worship Jesus. Now, it seems very obvious, but we worship Jesus because we celebrate the new life that we have in him. Now, in order to unpack that a bit more, we need to go back to the Old Testament. Now, last week in the book of Revelation, I taught us that the revelation, it's a new exodus. And so the exodus, it's a theme throughout Scripture that will come up again and again. And so if you have Bibles, we're going to jump all over the place today. 
unfortunately. No, not unfortunately. I mean, fortunately, it's good to be jumping across Scripture. So Exodus chapter 3, I just flick on there my note. So Exodus chapter 3, um, Yahweh, or the Lord, he calls Moses to rescue the Israelites. And, and when Moses goes before Pharaoh, it's really interesting as Pharaoh and Aaron are before him, they say here, and I'll read here from uh, verse 18, it says, uh, and they will listen to your voice and knew the elders of Israel, Israel should go to the king of Egypt and say to him, Yahweh, the God of Hebrews, has met with us, and now please let us go on a three days journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to Yahweh our God. Okay? So, so what God has called Moses to do is go to Pharaoh and say, hey, I want you to let the Israelites go. Three day journey to worship in the wilderness. Now, that's almost like the, the template for the Exodus. See, the Israelites are in Egypt. They're slaves. They just work tirelessly, day after day after day. And where there is just work, there is no worship. In fact, when the Passover happens, that's a significant moment, the, the tenth plague, and the Israelites are free to go. In fact, God creates a new calendar for them. This is a new beginning. And as the Israelites are journeying through the wilderness to, to enshrine the importance of a day of worship, we have in Exodus 20, verse 11, that, that famous commandment of having the Sabbath. Six days of work, one day of rest. And that, that rest isn't just for rich people, it's for everyone. Rich, poor, slaves, even the animals get a rest. But this is a time of worship. And just before the Israelites are about to enter into the promised land, Moses gives what we call the book of Deuteronomy, this almost second law. He describes the beauty of the promised land. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, we get this picture of this, the land, the promised land. So Deuteronomy chapter 8 from verse 7, we're told here, the land will have Oh, lots of beautiful things. He's bringing you to a good land, a land of brooks, of water, fountains, springs, valleys, hills, a land of wheat and barley, vines, fig trees, pomegranates, a land of olive trees, honey, a land that you can eat your bread. It will be there without scarcity. You will lack nothing. Now, that image there, it's an image of Eden. So... Israelites have been called to worship in a new Eden. That's the big part of the Exodus imagery. Now, let's jump forward. Now, if you read John chapter 20, John chapter 20, let's say, what day of the week was Jesus resurrected? Oh, we're not getting sound? Oh, sorry. Sorry, there you go. Sorry, thank you, sorry. All good. Now in John chapter 20, if anyone can tell me what day of the week is Jesus resurrected? The first day. It's very significant. Okay. It's a new creation. Now, what day of the week 
were the Israelites called to have a rest on, day of worship? What day was it? Sabbath. And what day is that in the order of things? Seventh day. Okay. What day of the week is a Sunday? First day. Now, there's something very significant there. We have gone from enshrined in the Ten Commandments, the, the Sabbath, which is on the seventh day, to suddenly Christians worshipping on the first day. Uh, here's a bit of a fun history lesson. So in Genesis, we're told when God creates, it's evening and morning. Now for the Jews, what they did in the, the evening was the beginning of the new day. And so when the early church got together, what they would do is, is that they would worship together on what we would call Saturday night. That was the first day. Okay, and now as the church became less Christian, oh, less Christian, less Jewish, I should say, and more Romans um, became into the church, they had their own calendar, which started Sunday, which at the beginning of the morning. And so what they would do is they would come together what we call Sunday morning to worship together. And so now this ties into the whole mode versus meaning. Now for Christians, they worshipped on the Sunday to celebrate the new life that they had together in Jesus. And for the early church in, in the book of Acts, that was on a Saturday evening, we would call, the Sunday morning for them. As the church progressed, it was early Sunday morning. And as time progressed, it became later in the morning, like we do now, 10 o'clock. But the point of them gathering together, it was to celebrate the new exodus. And if you read through the book of Acts, and if you can see here, on my left, I've got here some bread and some juice. They would come together to break bread. And the point of breaking bread, it was to celebrate the new exodus they had. The fact that Jesus had rescued them. The fact that they had experienced not, not delivery from slavery, but delivery from sin. And so even this morning as we're gathered together, and we're going to actually take in community, we're going to break bread. The point of this is that the, the mode can change, but the meaning is what is important. And though we're not going to be eating together, the meaning of this meal is significant. All of us, if we believe that Jesus is our Lord and Savior, we've experienced the new exodus. We've experienced deliverance from sin and death. And that's what a worship community is about. We are a new creation. In fact, the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, 19, Christ is there is a new creation. The old has passed. Now I'm going to ask a math question now. What comes after seven? Not a true question. Eight, yes. Now, if you remember back in the we talk on Genesis we did, what's the number of perfection? Seven. seven. Okay, so if the number seven is perfection, 
What do you think would be one better? Eight. Okay, now, this is, this is an interesting concept that the early church fathers developed for a worship community together, is that Jesus is our eighth day. Now, what does that mean? So, we have seven days in a week. That, that's kind of how life is. You've got six plus one, so forth. Six days of work, one day of rest. And while this idea you never can't type into the, to Google eight-day Jesus in the Bible, it's not there, but it's a concept which is hinted throughout the Bible. If seven is perfection, the eight-day is even better. And we get little snippets in the Bible. If you know, if, you know with the um, birth of an Israelite male boy, he had to be circumcised on what day? The eighth day. There were some rituals that the priest, or if you took a Nazarite vow, you would um, be, you know, wash yourself or, or do some sort of vow for seventh day. And then on the eighth, you did something like a sacrifice or you would stop your vow on that day. And so the idea of the eighth day came to be, this is when time as we know it will cease. The, the seven day calendar, it will stop. We will live in an eighth day. And so the early church fathers, they, they recognized this sort of hints throughout the Old Testament. And they saw Jesus. When Jesus was resurrected, we're now living in the eighth day. We're, we're anticipating this period where God will cease the normal calendar as we know it and bring in his rule and reign. And so for a long time there, each Sunday morning was seen as symbolically, we are here on the eighth day day because we know that one day God will come back. Jesus will return and bring an end to the old order of things. And I just love that image that doesn't matter what week you've had, doesn't matter how difficult things are, every Sunday morning as you wake up, you think this is the first day of the week. I am a new creation. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to gather together with my brothers and sisters in Christ. We're going to break bread together. We're going to partake in the, the new Passover meal, which Jesus instituted. And we're going to look forward to the eighth day to come. And if you have that view of church, doesn't that just change everything. This is why we're gathered together to celebrate the new life that we have in Jesus, the promise, the assurance, the certainty, and the hope. So if you have that attitude, you start to see perhaps the mode doesn't equal the meaning. Perhaps it doesn't matter what type of worship style we have. So it doesn't even matter that some of us are here, some of us are there at home, streaming in online. The point is we are gathered here as a people of God to celebrate that new life only Jesus can bring. And that the reading that Claire gave for us from the book of Hebrews, Hebrews as as a a book, it's written by an anonymous Jewish author who is encouraging Christians to not give up their faith. Don't go back to Judaism. 
as as was read for us from verse 23, I'll read, the, I'll read it out again. This is from the ESV. It says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wa- wavering, for he who has promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day, that's the day of Jesus coming near, drawing near. Just a wonderful reminder. So even now we're separated. And now we, some of us are at home, some of us might be in the park, wherever we are. Just that reminder, don't forsake gathering together for those reasons. For that new Passover imagery, the new Exodus, for the new creation, for the assurance of the eighth day to come. Because friends, this is an amazing thing, which I still just can't truly get my head around. We are living stones. The temple, Jesus is here with us. The Holy Spirit has come down. And so as we gather together, we gather as stones of this living temple to declare the victory of God. And so it doesn't matter what you're facing right now. It doesn't matter if life is really good, if life is really bad. We have that hope. We have that assurance. And week by week by week, as we come together to break bread, we remind each other of that. We remind ourselves of the victory God has given us. And so I think now it's an appropriate time to actually partake in the breaking of bread together. And if you have your elements at home, please get them out. If you don't, then you can join on in. And when Jesus actually instituted communion, the Lord's Supper, the Eucharist, uh, he, he said something interesting. He says, I'm not going to drink from the fruit of the vine uh, until his return. And Jesus was alluding back to the prophet Isaiah And Isaiah chapter 25, Isaiah gives us this vision of death swallowed up forever. And in this vision, it says here, um, from this is from verse 6. Isaiah chapter 25, verse 6, it says, On this mountain, Yahweh of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine of rich food, full of marrow, of aged wine, well refined. And he will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples, the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces and the reproach of his people he will take away from all the earth. For Yahweh has spoken. Some of the imagery that Jesus is tapping into there, that one day, as we looked in Revelation last week, New Jerusalem will come down, transform this earth. And one of the things Jesus did in his ministry, he was eating with people. He fed 5,000 people. He fed 4,000 people. He ate and drank with sinners and tax collectors. That's why as Christians, hospitality, it's one of the giftings we're given because we're called to eat together. Because eating, it's a sign of victory. It's a sign 
just fellowship, of God's provision for us. As that description back in Deuteronomy tells us, hey, they're living in a land which has everything you could imagine. This is Eden. And so right now, this little meal here that I've got, the bread and the cup, it's symbolic of that meal we will eat with Jesus. One day, this picture that Isaiah gave all the way back thousands of years ago. And so, as Jesus did on that night, he was betrayed. He took the bread and he broke it and said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So, as we break that bread, we remember the Lord's body that was broken for us. And as we eat the bread, we reminded that Jesus is the bread of life. We reminded that Jesus is the one to feed the crowds in the wilderness. And that one day we too will be fed on that holy mountain. And on that same night he was betrayed, Jesus took the cup and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Mind of the blood that was shed, it pays the punishment for sin. It is wiped away. We live in new life. So each week, as we meet together, and as we partake in this meal, let us remember that, that day when Jesus will return. So friends, let's eat together and drink together to celebrate the victory and new life that we have in Jesus Christ. I'm going to pray for us now before we have our final song. Would you please join with me? Gracious Father, we just thank you that we can be a worship community, a church that is gathered each Sunday to celebrate the new life that we have in Jesus, to remember the good things that he has done for us, the, the new exodus that we have experienced, and the hope and assurance of the eighth day to come when you will return and remove all pain and suffering in this world. Lord, we thank you just for the freedoms that we have to worship you in different styles and in different formats. But the purpose of it is to come together as your people to celebrate, to worship you for who you are and what you've done. And Lord, as we just prepare to come back together face to face, I just pray that this is a real time of blessing for us to worship as your people gathered together once more. So I ask your blessing on each and every one of us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to help others discover this channel. Check out the description if you want to find out more or get in touch with us at the Centre Dural. But in the meantime, praying for God's hand over you as you continue to step into everything Jesus has in store for your life. Be blessed.